This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Hey, good morning, New Life. As you can tell, we're, br- we're bringing this uh, church into your home in a different style um, than coming to a gathering. And we just want to say hello. And we are here and joined by Angela, Joel, Bill, and Christy. And church is going to be a little bit different. So I want to start with the question. Have you ever thought of, I just want to stay home one Sunday from church? I have. And now is our opportunity. So if that means driving out to the beach to clear your mind or going on a hike, now is our opportunity to do that. Maybe it looks differently. Maybe it's blessing a neighbor and checking up on your neighbors. We hope that you'll be creative and think outside the box as we um, do church a little bit different in the next coming weeks. I want to walk you through a couple things and we're going to try to keep it um, just like church. So there is an online connect card and we would love for you to click on that link because there's a whole lot of different opportunities that you can respond to. And one of them, which we wanted to highlight, is a phone call from New Life. If you are in need of prayer or you need a visit, um, we want you to go ahead and mark that on your connect card. That way we can reach out to you. Um, A couple other things that I wanted to tell you about is the online giving as well. Church is not being put on hold, even though it might feel a little bit differently coming from your own home and watching us, but we still have construction um, progress right now, and our staff is working from home, and we are still paying them. So we would love for you to continue your generosity and support us during these times, and giving online is an easy way to do that. I actually gave online for the first time last week, and it was super easy. I went to newlifepetaluma.com and I clicked at the top on giving and it was really easy just to give online and it felt pretty safe. And I've been writing checks for years. Now, (laughs) if you would love to still write a check, we actually have a locked drop box on the Clegg side of New Life and you're welcome to drop it there and that will get checked often as well. I also want to just talk about the uncertainty of these times. When we had the fires, we knew we would probably have to open up as an evacuation shelter. But with everything going on, we don't know how we could possibly respond to something like this as a church and loving our neighbors. So that's why giving is so important at this time, just so we're ready to respond in a, a variety of manners, which we might not even know what that looks like now. Lastly, I just want to talk to you about community groups. A lot of us are plugged into community groups right now, and if you are not, I would highly encourage you to get plugged in. There's going to be a link that you can click on, which will allow you to get information and sign up for a community group. But these are small gatherings where we meet in someone's home. They're usually about six to ten people, and we basically do church together. We have fun. We often share a meal together. And what a great opportunity right now to get plugged into a small community group. Just the other night, I was talking with someone from my community group, and he was just saying, hey, let's reach out to people who 
who might need us to go to the grocery store for them or they might need a phone call. So those are different little things that you could be doing in your community group and just doing taking this Sunday message that you're about to hear from our team right here and doing that with your community group. So if you need more information, click on that link. Our staff is still working behind the scenes from home. They'll respond to you with any questions you might have um, and get you plugged into one as well. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my team right over here. They're going to go ahead and have a conversation and um, I'm excited to hear from them. I actually don't even know all their talking points quite yet, so it's going to be exciting to hear what they have to share. So I'm going to turn it over to you. I just want to say have a great week everybody. We are praying for you. Mm -hmm. We're praying for our community. We hope that you'll do the same and I'll see you later. Thank you. Well, like Diva said, we wanted to have a conversation to kind of talk through what we're all experiencing right now. It's uncertain times, uh, and there's all sorts of thoughts and feelings all around it. Um, but one of the neat things about being a church together is that we get to learn together. We get to figure out how to be Jesus mm -hmm. together. And, and so really, as this thing was developing in the last couple of weeks, Billy, you were kind of the first person on our leadership team to raise your hand and kind of say, hey, team, we got to be aware of this. We got to respond to this and it's probably going to impact us. And we were kind of like, that's right. So like what was stirring in you to create that desire to raise your hand and say, new life, we have an opportunity to respond well. Yeah. So that was, I guess a week ago today, right? So it was last Saturday. <laughs> Um, yeah. And a lot's happened, obviously. Lots mm -hmm. of things are happening at light speed. So, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, like most of us, I was reading, hearing on the news, uh, seeing on social media, uh, all the the different stuff, and really trying to understand what the effects of the COVID nineteen virus might be, and then seeing all the different reactions mm -hmm. that came uh, from that. And, and responses to the crisis. And then, you know, obviously, first of all, like most of us, it was like trying to gauge, well, what's that mean for me yeah. uh, first? You know, from, from the, the initial reaction is, oh, it's not that big of a deal, to then understanding that then who it seems to affect the most, mm -hmm. uh, the aged and those whose health is, is already compromised. And then at some point last Saturday, I, I realized, hey, we're having a very public gathering tomorrow. <laughs> and I haven't heard that we're taking any measures uh, to protect our guests and particularly those uh, most vulnerable who, who attend New Life. Yeah, we're, a very, we're a very welcoming community. You know, we love our hugs, right? And so what does that mean to, uh, when we gather together? Um, so I, I thought about that for a little bit, and then it hit me, too, that we had um, a real opportunity as a church, and frankly, a responsibility mm -hmm. as the church to, you know, first of all, to acknowledge the fear and uh, vulnerability that many in our community, both in our church community and in the, the larger community, are feeling. Um, and then also to acknowledge the risks that are associated with the spread of this contagion. Uh, and then how do we choose to respond to that, you know, out of love and not out of fear? Mm -hmm. How does the church look in, in that moment? Uh, it, and I realized that if, if we chose to just go ahead and do, do 
you know, church as usual, uh, you know, be our normal, be our normal selves, do our normal practices, you know, take communion, uh, fishing crackers out of the, the common uh, trough. place. Uh, yeah, the common it's trough. It's a small trough, but it's a trough. I felt the need to do this once you said <laughs> You know, what is that? What does that mean? It, you know, it, I thought at the time, well, at best, that we might be sending the message if we just did church as usual that way, that, you know, that once again, the, the big C church is, is being a little insensitive to what's, to what's happening uh, in, our, in our community. And, and at worst, we may actually be placing the health of the, those vulnerable to this that are in our church uh, at risk. Mm -hmm. And that's not who New Life is. No. Mm -hmm. It's not who we are at all. I was so chagrined to get your email or text. I don't remember. <clears throat> because, like, we all like to look around and be like, why are they panicking? They're so selfish. They're so self-absorbed. But when I got your text or email, it was like, oh, my word. I didn't realize. It. Obviously, I was aware of what was Ooh. going on. I had not realized that I had looked at this purely from a humanity standpoint, like, Angela's humanity standpoint <laughs> and had not like pulled over as a leader in an organization that needs to guide an organization. Mm -hmm. I was not thinking of our social responsibility as a collective. I was thinking about, well, how do I feel about my health? How do I feel about how I feel about going to church tomorrow? Like it did not. I was so grateful for you to lead in that way and call us as an organization to the conversation and not just individuals mm -hmm. like that is, I'm sad it took me that to like put the other hat on. Like I, I put the other hat on. Anyway, I was really grateful you spoke up like, hey oh, mm -hmm. how do we as an organization? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, but I, you know, first of all, I'm, I'm really thankful the way that we function as a leadership team. It's yeah. great to be part of a leadership team that we, first of all, we value each other. Yeah. We can share ideas like this freely. You know, even if we don't necessarily, we're not all, all on the same page or in the same place initially, you know, we can share, we, we can share yeah. our ideas uh, freely and we really collaborate yeah. well as an overall leadership yeah. team with, with yeah. the stewards and the executive staff and all the volunteer leaders uh, as well. So, you know, I, I felt completely safe raising the flag, even though it was on Saturday and we had the service to tend to the next, you know, the next day. Audible. Yeah. Yeah. Better last minute than late or never. Like yeah. usually it's better, right. you know, mm -hmm. late than never. But when I think that's one of the beautiful things about shared leadership is is it's protective and it's safe. And then together we're going to see a bigger picture than any one person yeah. who has all the all the responsibility right. unto themselves. Like I'm so grateful I'm stepping into a context where there's healthy leaders doing life together because as the spirit of God is working in all of us he's going to speak in ways that maybe we needed someone to raise their hand and we're like, Oh my goodness. And let's respond. Yeah. And I love that. And, you know, we talked through what that dynamic was like and how ultimately it led to, I think what was the right response a week ago mm -hmm. and now a different response for this mm -hmm. Sunday, obviously. Uh, but we're still trying to figure out what is the, the right response in light of where we're at. Exactly. And I think like moments like this can cause us to realize how culturally aware and sensitive we are or are not mm -hmm. and even how self-aware we are or are not uh, and, and just how you're reacting or responding to people and and I think it's an interesting thing when we talk about that but like I know like Christy and I like obviously married and sharing the virus or whatever it's going to be <laughs> intimately 
together, but we've, we've processed like how we're feeling and Angela, I know you've shared some things, just your own kind of emotional journey in the last, even the last week. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. What has this been like? I'd love to hear from both of you. Like how have you processed that idea of self-awareness, but also of cultural awareness and how we're trying to respond as followers of Jesus? Yeah, I think the thing that I wrestle with is, um, I think the, that the virus has exposed just a deeper issue in our culture, and that is we are afraid, mm. and that's the deeper issue. And I think that naturally, like, I can be a very fearful person. I can, um, <clears throat> that's actually something that I think Jesus has set me free from in my life as I've gotten to know him. But, um, you know, we have people walking around right now who don't feel safe in their own bodies, and that is for me, trying to empathize and wrap my mind around that. Um, and I think in culture too, it almost makes me hold up a mirror to myself and thinking through, okay, what is, am I afraid? What am I afraid of? Because, you know, you look at, um, I don't know, you just look at, for me, it's like my imagination can run wild, right? Am I letting my imagination run into those dark places where I am, you know, allowing, I'm just imagining the worst case scenario, right? Or um, do I turn into like a total control freak where I'm trying to control my kids, control my environment, control my husband, like, um, or, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I've met your kids, right? I don't think that's <laughs> or, or do I shop and try to buy all the things to, to make myself feel better? Or do I um, isolate myself as a way of escaping the reality? And I think those are things that, sure, it might not be extreme in my own life, but those are questions that I have to ask myself. Um, and I think that the only way through fear is, is allowing Jesus to free you from it. And so it's like, no, I need to take authority over my thoughts, uh, my thought life, not go down those dark <laughs> alleyways. Um, I need to, when I feel that need to want to like take control that, no, I, I take that in prayer to God and say, God, you are actually the one who's in control. I'm going to give that to you. Um, that I don't try to buy my way to peace. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not trying cool. to 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 make myself toilet feel, paper feel like, yes pad <laughs> my fear with toilet paper um, <laughs> that I, I don't pull myself into isolation but instead it's like no like how can I be there to support my community even if from social <clears throat> safe distance <laughs> hands for support yeah. um, because I think if fear is a cruel master you know mm -hmm. and it's cruel and fear uh, terrifies you and then it paralyzes you. And so if we don't, if we, it, it just will invade us inch by inch, inch if we don't take some sort of authority over it. And that's the wrestle that I feel. That's the struggle that I feel. Um, and, and I feel like we're all kind of wrestling with those things at some level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is a fun process of us getting to know each other because I would never have predicted that answer from you. Like <laughs> never. And... It's so cool. It is literally the flip side of the same coin. Mm. But my experience was the literal opposite of that. My nature is risky in its DNA. Mm -hmm. I just, I like risk. I like change. I, <clears throat> I'm just risky in my natural being. I don't work at that. But 
I have always liked the fact that that has caused me to not fear. I don't have to even think about those alleyways and not go down. Mm -hmm. But this week has been a massive week of self-awareness, which I would not have guessed that would be part of COVID-19 for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But you said something the other day of like the natural two ends of the spectrum. I'm going to misquote you right in front of you. Sorry about you. But uh, I think it was fear was over here or cynicism was over here. Mm And I said, I'm not actually experiencing any of those. I am like all kinds of full of judgment. I like the fact that I'm calm under crisis. I love Mm -hmm. it. I've always liked that about me. And, but what I found in this is it goes like, that's probably the best case scenario of that uh, Mm -hmm. side of my nature. What I found in this particular instance was I am not cynical and I am not uh, fear-based. I am full of judgment, which you pointed out were like, well, that is a face of cynicism Mm -hmm. for people that are struggling with fear. Like I was doing my best to bring my pastoral heart to the table (laughs) and be like, yeah, okay, I can meet you in that fear, but I couldn't empathize and I couldn't... um, It wasn't totally authentic as I was processing other people's fear. And that led to an awareness of an emotional allergy for me, which is a really unfortunate emotional allergy in this particular environment. Because what I realized was if I, if someone was speaking to me from a place of panic, I was writing off everything they were saying. Mm -hmm. So they could have been saying something wise or something like a caution we should be paying attention to. And I was just discounting whatever they were saying. And because of my emotional allergy, I couldn't fully be in their moment because I am trying to, to process my judgment. I am trying to, <laughs> I am busy writing off what they're saying. Like it was a miserable tug of war in every single conversation. So that's just so like, yeah. yay, I can yeah. enjoy you sharing your journey and not be sitting over here. So it was part of me. You said, you know, God freeing you from fear. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I felt this week was a huge um, freedom Mm -hmm. to stop the judging Mm -hmm. and to like, Mm -hmm. and it took an about face, like a complete about face, so much so that we had a meeting one night and I had all kinds of recommendations about what I thought we should or should not be doing. And by the next morning, I think our meeting was at 10. I think you... I saw that email and I'm like, there's a 180 going on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. And maybe there's a chance to talk about more what that was, but yeah. God completely changed by exposing that that motivation that I had under the surface that I didn't know was there. Once he exposed that, it changed everything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't to fear. It wasn't to jump from cynicism to fear. <laughs> it was something Swing on that side more beautiful. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. yeah. When I, I didn't think, like, when we... Ex- experience kind of extreme situations, it brings out extreme versions of us that yeah. we're suddenly learning how to face ourselves. And I mean, I, I don't know what else to call a pandemic other than it's extreme, <laughs> obviously. I mean, we're seeing the implications worldwide, not just regionally, even though we're trying to respond in our, our space of the world. And I think one of the things that we often see then are those emotional, what I just call emotional edges, right? So on one edge yeah. is the fear, the sky is falling, and I have to have all the toilet paper because somehow that's going to keep <laughs> Makes me, me safe. Makes me feel better. Yeah. Which I do resonate with that because I ran out of toilet paper once in university <laughs> and it was horrible. But that's, that's, there are was, no good alternative options. But that was life planning issues, not like pandemic issues, right? But like, but you have that one edge, which is like just fear and panic, and then you can swing to the other way. And this is kind of where I've had to find my check my spirit, but it is that 
kind of jaded, cynical response to the circumstance, which has a judgmental aspect to it. Like, kind of like, I've seen so many posts online, and I'm just kind of like, really? Really, people? Come on. But I've had to, like, check that spirit in me, too. Because I think either of those really don't reflect the heart of Jesus. No. Mm-hmm. I, think, no. like, like, I think Jesus shows us something very different in his heart of compassion, this this man who was filled with grace and truth. Like, there's this beautiful place that he walked. And I, I just love to hear your thoughts on that as you're reflecting in your own faith journey and as leaders trying to model and reflect and call people to be more like him. How, how do you think Jesus would respond in this time? And how do you think he would want us to be like him in this time? I think you brought up something that, that I was thinking about from the very beginning about that. And that is when you think about what how Jesus interacted with his inner circle even. His 12 best buddies didn't even, they didn't get it most of the time. Mm-hmm. And he was so patient and grace-filled mm-hmm. with them. Most of the time. Most of the time, Yeah. <laughs> And, and you're still so dull every once in a while. You could just see it. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but he loved them all the time. Mm-hmm. And Always. that was the first thing that stood out to me was, okay, from the same standpoint that I could get to saying really to those conversations that are happening either online or in real life, um, and just thinking, okay, I need to be more patient and grace-filled. In those mm-hmm. situations, uh, for people who are not at the same point that I'm thinking, or not, in, you know, on the same point on their journey, actually, and uh, that's that's not what I default to. So um, that's that's what I was thinking. And then as well, of course, the obvious with Jesus is that he came to he came to be with the most vulnerable mm-hmm. uh, people. Mm-hmm. That's really who. He, who he That's true. His was, people groups were to. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't have COVID nine, whatever. What's our number? COVID nineteen. Nineteen. 19. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's nineteen versus one, but whatever. But he had lepers. Hey, exactly. <laughs> yeah, leper. And he he went as far as to physically touch and embrace mm-hmm. at the risk of mm-hmm. exposure. I mean, that's like, are you kidding me, Jesus? Like, okay. And am I going to follow you down that road? So yes, yes. but right. He also has the ability to heal. Like, the first thing I thought when you were like, what would Jesus do? I'd be like, he'd be running around healing people. Like, you're good, you're good, you're good. Like, Holy sanitizer. Bit, right. Like, just breathe healing. So, I am drawn to the picture. But, but the truth is, the whole picture of Jesus embracing a leper does not touch me near, well, metaphorically speaking. Yes, yes. <laughs> Word choice. Touch me nearly as deeply as the story of Father Damien, who was a human who had zero ability to cure mm-hmm. leprosy and start a leper colony on the mm-hmm. island of Molokai. So like I Re- know Jesus what is this our... would cost him, right? Killed him. Yeah. 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 So I know Jesus is our ultimate, but like part of me the cynical part apparently the judges, <laughs> part of me is like, well of course he's embracing them. He has God immunity. <laughs> but then I look at Jesus' followers throughout history and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's where I can see in that case, actually the reflection of Jesus or the shadow of Jesus yeah. is actually more impactful to me than thinking about the life of Jesus. Because Looking at those who modeled him at, yeah. at risk and cost yes. of themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But oh yeah, my first yeah. thing is Jesus would run around healing, right? Yeah. Oh. Well, and I love like I love Jesus' words where he says, "Do not let your hearts be troubled. Yes. Trust in God. Trust also in me." And I think that those are 
that's his heart towards us, that he would step in. Because I think the antidote to uh, fear is not be brave. Uh, it's not more courage. The antidote to fear is actually love. And when we have an understanding that, that, that Jesus loves us, that he wants what's best for us, if he were here in this room right now, he would wrap us up in his love and he would say, I have such great plans for you. Come on, let's go. I'm going to lead you into this bright, bright future. You don't need to be afraid. And I think that that is what would ultimately, that would be his heart, his posture toward, toward us is this one of don't even let your heart be troubled. Don't even, don't mm -hmm. allow that fear, that voice to have a say in your mind. Uh, let my voice be the loudest. My plans for you, he says, you know, I, I know the plans I have for you. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. They're plans for good. And we have to hold on to those things that even if things, even if we do get infected and things go crazy, that he still has a plan, even in that. And it's, it's strong and we can trust him. He's, he's not going to abandon us and leave us to our own to, to fight through it. He's with us, you know. I'm super challenged by that because you're pointing out a Bible verse that has never really made sense to me mm. that feels like COVID-19 is the perfect time for me to be like, what does that verse mean? Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. the verse mm -hmm. is perfect love drives out fear. Mm -hmm. I, I could not, I could not tell you right now how to apply that mm. verse. So I'm totally challenged by that. I'm taking that challenge well, on this week just yeah. to let my mind wander and well, spend some time. I, I think the way that I was taught that verse was, well, perfect love drives out fear. So I don't have to be afraid of God anymore. Because God loves oh. me, right? That's that's how I've been taught that verse in the past, which I think that's part of the application. But I think what Christy's getting at is there's also an application of how we live out that verse. So perfect love drives oh. out fear of the other. Mm -hmm. So you're different than me or you're contagious. Love drives out the fear I would have of that because there's because I know I'm loved. My identity is secure. My future is secure. Mm -hmm. So even if my love for you Puts leads me, in me into a risky place. Risk. Mm -hmm. These plans that God has for me transcends the, 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 the little measure of time I'm counting. Because God's <laughs> like, I got a bigger plan for you. And I think sometimes the way we react to, to, to God is kind of the way when my girls were little. All they can see is, how long is this road trip? <laughs> like, we have to... And I'm like, we no, but yet? we're going to Disneyland. So buckle up, <laughs> throw up in the bag. It's going to be okay because the end game is is beautiful. I hope well, Jesus is more patient. Well, yeah, throw up I'm, in the bag. I'm learning. I'm learning to be here. But I mean, I, mean, I think that's going to yeah, be the idea totally. of all of this. That like, wow, okay. Because we, we really don't know how this is going to go. Like, we're right. taking this a week at a time. So, church, we're going to let you know what next Sunday is going to look like when we know so, what it's going to look like. So, buckle up and yeah, throw up in yeah, the bag? Yeah, so is that our quote of the day? <laughs> buckle up and throw up in the bag. Jesus wins. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, I think there's that sense. Like, like we don't know. Like, the hope, what we're trying to do in creating social distance and, and complying with what's been requested is this, this arc that's there. We're trying to help mitigate it and flatten it so that if we get sick, we can respond and have health care and protect the vulnerable. But... How long is this going to take? We don't know. Uh, is the contagion going to be held <laughs> off or is it going to spread? Will 50% of us have COVID-19 by the time this is done? Mm -hmm. We don't know. What are the long-term economic implications? Ramifications. Right? Yeah. Like you, mm -hmm. you would just said, I think last week, you're like, I just haven't looked at my 401k because I can't bear to see what's happening mm -hmm. with the market. Right? I, I mean, because yeah. there's, there's issues. What are the short-term? We don't know. Mm -hmm. But what we do know is that Jesus said, 
in this world, you're going to have trouble. Mm -hmm. And then if you had stopped there, it would have been like, thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Oh, throw up in the bag, right? Right. (laughs) But he didn't because he said, but take heart. Like, I've overcome the world. And I love that he says those words right before the cross. Mm-hmm. Like, in, in his, arguably, his darkest of moments, yeah. his heart was for his own followers because he knew it was going to be crazy for them because yeah. they had no clue what was going down. And even though it should have been, guys, could you hold me up? It's it, like, right. you know, he's like, hey, it's a crazy world, but I've overcome. And he said that before it happened because yeah. he already, like, and I think that's our hope. And so I think, like, how, how do we be people of hope in this time and and help each other hold on to that sense of hope but also model hope for our friends our community our, our culture around us that doesn't yet know Jesus the way that we're learning to know him what do you think that looks like for me that ties to the last question because well you solved one thing like yeah. she challenged me I was like I'm challenged by that <laughs> then you solved it so that's great maybe you could solve this one too oh that's yeah. team, team effort team effort <laughs> Yeah, and then we got a hand. <laughs> um, yeah. Social high five. Social distance. So we, I have racked my brain because I think we live in one of the most impactable times in history because of social media. I don't, I know social media can do a lot of damage, but the humans who are in charge of social media, and I don't mean the CEOs, I mean those of us that are posting. I own my own social media account. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have to take responsibility for my posts. Yeah, whatever yeah. complaints we have about social media came straight off of us. <laughs> so We made the noise. I, I, when you say um, both, what do you think Jesus would do? That was my second thought. My first thought was heal. My second thought was how would he leverage social media? Like mm-hmm. right off the bat, because it's one of those opportunities that we have that is free, mm-hmm. that is limitless, <clears throat> that is exponential, mm-hmm. that is. However, that is where that question has been stuck, because yeah. the word I just keep thinking of, and you said hope, but I just kept thinking lift, mm-hmm. like how I was so uh, deeply touched by, I was at my chiropractor's office and the office manager that was there is not a Christian that I know of. And her thing <clears throat> was just, I just have been asking myself, what could I post that could help people? And she wasn't talking like the latest who update. Like she was like, yeah. what could I say? And, and she had come to the conclusion, I could just foster gratitude. If, if I mm-hmm. and what I post could just help people tune into mm-hmm. a moment of gratitude. She did not say this, but because the question that was already rolling around in my head, mm-hmm. all, what I heard was, how could I lift? Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my word. Okay, I don't know what Jesus would say on social media, I, I, but I feel confident that he would lift, like whatever he did say, the point of it would be to ease burden, ease fear, ease sadness, ease isolation, like pick up these bricks that are burdening Mm -hmm. us down and just lift Mm -hmm. our collective psyche. That was what Noel and I got into a conversation about was like, we have an exhaustion. We've all been through, Mm -hmm. well, those of us that have been in Sonoma County longer than six weeks. (laughs) have been through multiple wildfires and we've barely emotionally recovered from that before a new like honestly i think we would weather you could speak to this but i think we would have weathered a third round of wildfires better than a whole new crisis Mm -hmm. this one's complicated too so i just like 
uh, both a question to what do you think Jesus would do? And then how do we be people of hope? I am challenged, and I guess I would challenge us. I would challenge us. What could we do? What could we say on social media that lifted our collective psyche? Mm -hmm. Christian or not Christian, I don't know who's watching this. And those of us that are Christian, we have mm -hmm. a hope that we could be putting out there. But anybody can lift. Yeah. And if we all put our shoulder under it with just one post or just taking down the post that is yeah. fear mm -hmm. inciting, mm -hmm. like we could lift when each you, other. You see that like where Jesus walked and those that stepped into his space, it was almost like this, they kind of stood yeah. up a little bit taller, right? Mm -hmm. Because Breathe a little he, deeper. he came close and he poured something into me. And so now his spirit is in us. So how do we do that for the people around yeah. us in this time? Social mm -hmm. media is a great platform. How do we yeah, lift the emotional climate to a, a, a more positive place? Because we want to be like Jesus in the spaces we walk. That's great. What, what do you guys think? Sorry, what do you people think? <laughs> Good job, Catching Joel. Myself. Catching Good job. Myself. I think that's great. Um, it, it, how do we respond to the cynicism? You know, how, how we respond to that in mm -hmm. grace and understanding and love that, that's out there. But also from a practical standpoint, how can we be helpful to the people that are most vulnerable to this mm. right now? Mm -hmm. And that can be pretty simple. You know, it could be the phone call. If they're if they're isolating, it could yeah. be it mm -hmm. could be the phone call. Mm -hmm. um, it could be the offer to, you know what? You don't need to go to the store. You don't need to go to wherever. Mm -hmm. I know. have a friend in Southern California that is enemy. offering home cooked meals, and she just put it on generic Facebook. It's mm -hmm. not like some yeah. private group. Yeah. She's like anybody in the blank area of Southern California. Mm -hmm. If you need a hot meal, my door is open, and she offered childcare. So I like okay. I like, so many red flags, but yet if you're a safe oh person, right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I'm so mm -hmm. touched by that. And there's something so magnetic about that spirit of yes. of I'm I'm in this, but I'm standing tall, and I am um, I'm supporting the people around me. I'm shopping in the small businesses. I am going to, you know, call that person. Uh, I'm going to to say things that lift the room. And I think that that is, that's what shines so bright in mm -hmm. seasons like this is when everyone is panicking, who do you see? You see the person who is confident, who's unshaken. And I think that that's the heart of God for us, that that we, we can stand tall in, that we can be confident mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that it's just amazing how when things get dark, how much that does stand out, you know? And I think that that's, that's um, you don't have to do a whole lot. You yeah. just have to be <laughs> calm be, and kind. Be who, yeah, exactly. Like be who. Let that strength shine through you. Don't you know? And mm -hmm. and God will take that and He'll use it. Yeah. Because that's who you want. When you're in a panic, like when I'm swimming in the ocean and I'm the waves are coming, I want to see that person who's just standing there, strong, not battered or torn. You know, it's yeah. like. Okay, it's like I know they're there, and it's, it's possible. <laughs> Even if I don't, <laughs> yeah, it's not, there's something there that can help me if I lose it, right? And and I think that that those light posts make make a big difference. Well, so. And I think that's the beautiful thing. As followers of Jesus, we should be people of hope mm -hmm. because of what He's done for us. But I think so many times, at least as I've grown up and been challenged on how to be Christian beyond myself. Sometimes you get stuck on just being Christian for myself. And I think uh. people of hope don't simply 
hold on to Stand their hope. There. People of hope share that hope, express that hope to those around them. And, and I think it's risk. I think being risky, and we talk about this word in yeah. some of our conversations. Like, again, there may be times where we are willing to take risks for the benefit of another person. On behalf of someone else. Yeah, you know, and, and like uh, I was driving home late and just went to Elroy's taco truck to get tacos because I love tacos and there's so much good Mexican <laughs> Elroy's. food. And there was two, two gentlemen that were just kind of standing on the fringe and you could tell that their home was on their back, mm. right? And they had, they had their dogs with them and the one guy came, hey, do you have a couple of bucks so I could buy a taco? And I'm like, sure, I have, like I had $3 in my wallet, here you go. And he goes to the menu and I, re- and I know $3 isn't enough for him and his friend. And I just felt like God was saying, like, you have a credit card. And I was like, okay. And so I'm like, what? Like, hey, this is what I ordered for me. And I just felt like I'm supposed to do this. And this isn't like, well, look at how great I am. It was just, here's, here was this, like, Joel, you've been given so much for a purpose. And so then, okay, got, got them their meal in place. And then I also felt God, like, and go stand with them. Like, don't simply be like... Right. You know, and so I've done my duty. So it was interesting, and, and this COVID nineteen came into the conversation. And what was heartbreaking was to hear one guy say, "Like, well, this is about culling the population because this is going to take out people like me." That's his whole framework right now. That this exists because I don't matter to society, so my future is over. And it's like, oh my gosh. So how how Have do a taco. Yeah, like, you know, and I'm like, I don't know how to solve your whole All life, but in this moment, tell me about your dog. Tell me about your friend. Like, and. Or just showing you do matter. Yeah. Because there, like, there's I a narrative here of like the great they doesn't matter, but yeah. you were the moment where it's like, well, I think you matter. I'm yeah. interested in things mm-hmm. about you. Mm-hmm. And, and like, the point of that isn't look at what I did. The point of that was it wasn't we that hard to give hope to someone. And I think if we can just kind of get creative in our thinking right now, we can mm-hmm. be people that elevate the hope for others in this time. Social media, real moments, reaching out to friends. Like, and I, I mean, I would encourage you, new lifers, <clears throat> this is not a time to be afraid. This is an opportunity to actually move into deeper things. And maybe there are things that you need to be challenged on right now. Be challenged, but not so you feel bad. Be challenged so that you become Free. more... Yeah, that you step into to places of hope. And, like, I, I think there's going to be a point where we look back on this season, because he's going to get us through it in one way or another, that we're going to look back and we'll say, I rose to the occasion because he lifted me up something more. Mm-hmm. And I offered things to other people. And I think, how cool is that going to be for us? I read somewhere this week that, that even through the act of we as healthy people, doing the things that the health organizations are recommending uh, to help slow the virus. We're putting our healthy bodies as as a stop mm-hmm. against oh, the, the spread of the virus. Yeah. And, and through that, we are saying to the people who are most vulnerable, you know, while, while the cynical people in society might say that, well, it it's just matter. the old people and, you know, and the, and the sick people that are going to die, uh, we have the opportunity as a church to say, they may say that you don't matter, but to us, you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that visual. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. So we're in a unique time. 
And uh, we're figuring out how to be church. Mm -hmm. uh, as we were in these conversations this week and figuring out how do we communicate and communicate to all of you and Hogan Church. I remember uh, my oldest daughter, Indy, had sent me a text. And, and the text was, but dad, <laughs> how do we be church if we don't meet together on Sunday? And I loved her heart in the text. because, And how do we reach new people that don't know? Because Sunday is such an opportunity every single week to open our doors and <clears throat> welcome people that are on a journey trying to figure something out and and how do we worship God and I was like these are such beautiful questions that she's asking and it was a chance for me to say don't forget that that church isn't this building we meet in on Sunday church is who we are mm -hmm. yeah and just because we're church scattered right now doesn't mean the church has ceased to exist it means we just get to reflect and experience and express church in different ways and and so I hope many of you are sitting in a room right now Realizing you're the church mm -hmm. together in that spot. And even if you're alone watching this right now and you're a follower of Jesus, you're his church. So call someone and say, how are you? Because mm -hmm. that's how we be church. And, and we may not be able to worship through music the way we would want to, but what are some songs you could put on that, mm -hmm. that tune your heart to God in this season? Um, and I think this is a great chance for us. And so New Life, we love you. We're with you even if it's through a lens right now. And I think I just, I would encourage you to embrace what Paul says in Philippians 2, where he says, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. Mm -hmm. uh, and we should have the attitude of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what his attitude was, crack open John 1 and start reading mm -hmm. and let him speak to you. And so I think on behalf of all of us here at New Life, would you please be safe, mm -hmm. be brave, and be for others. Mm -hmm. So God bless you, and we'll let you know what the heck is happening next <laughs> Sunday when we know what's happening. We love you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.